a long week. Uh, our town has experienced tragedy. A lot has to continue. I would imagine there isn't anyone in this room who hasn't asked our title question this week. Why God? Why? We're surrounded by death and violence and hurt and pain and destruction and depravity and in every evil thing seems to be swirling around us in this world. It seems like we can't get away from it. We just want to scream, why God, why? And then we, we seek the answer to this question and we're probably never going to get an answer we like. Because the truth is, we move from this question to, well, why do bad things happen? And then we develop into, well, why do bad things happen to good people? And we, and we continue down this path and really, the Bible answers all these questions, but the answers never seem sufficient at times, right? We read the Bible and we still go, I don't understand, God. Why? Or maybe it's just the answer doesn't appeal to me. You know, part of the issue is we want things to be wrapped up in a neat little bow, in a neat little present, with this pretty bow on top, and, and everything's good, and everything's answered. And so often, <laughs> we don't get that. As I thought and prayed this week, I, I was all over Scripture, all week long, Never quite settling on where exactly God wanted us throughout the week. But I kept coming back to the passage that I almost went to last week. I, I kept coming back to this place that I think speaks more truth into the current situations in our lives than any other that I can think of. Paul is writing his letter of introduction to the Romans. And he is talking about his life and he's talking about the struggles that he's had. He's talking about all the things that have happened. And in the midst of this, he, he comes to Romans chapter 8. And, and we heard if you were at the service yesterday, part of that yesterday. But I pick up in verse 18 of Romans chapter 8, just a little bit before it was read in, in the funeral service yesterday. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of corruption into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been growing together with labor pains until now. And not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope we were saved, yet hope that is seen is not hope. Because who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience, in the same way the Spirit joins to help in our weakness. But because we do not know what to pray for as we should, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And He who searches the hearts knows the Spirit's mindset because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. 
Let's pray this morning. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time. Father, use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel. The words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, may this sermon speak truth into our lives this morning. Truth that allows us a step toward healing. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people said, why God, why? And when I read scripture and I come back to this, the why is always the same. This world is broken. This world is broken. So often we talk about the fall over in Genesis in terms of what it did to humans. You know, Adam went in there and he went in there with his wife and they talked to the snake and they bit the fruit and sin was revealed or sin came into the world and we became like God, knowing good and evil and we developed the need for a Savior. And we stop there sometimes. We stop at the fact that humanity is fallen and humanity is messed up. But the truth is, when Adam bit into that fruit, when Adam took a step of disobedience to God, the whole of creation was affected by the fall. Everything there is. Perfection became marred. The fine-tuned machine went from that to not firing all cylinders. Creation broke. Why do bad things happen? The world's broken. Why do bad things happen to good people? The world's broken. Why do we hurt? The world's broken. Why do we grieve? Because the world's broken. Why are we sick? Why does evil seem to win? The world is broken and that affects everything. We see the evidence all around us. Creation, it says, grows to be set free from its bondage, to be restored to perfection. We have earthquakes, tornadoes. I watched as friends of mine posted pictures a couple of nights ago of the five tornadoes that touched down around the earth. There's fires, there's pandemics, there's tsunamis. We can see the effects of brokenness in creation. The world is broken, and it gives the enemy an open door, a place that he can work, a place that he can attack, a place that he can chip away at our resolve and our faith. He begins to sow those seeds of doubt like he did with Eve, right? Did God really say that? heard somebody say this week, well, if there really is a God, why? It's the devil work. The devil begins to chip away. He finds the fact that the world is broken. He says, you know what? I can, I can use this to my advantage. Because sometimes bad things happen because the world is broken. But sometimes bad things happen because we're broken. We are broken. Now, we know those who don't know Jesus are broken. And, and so we know that. But we have to also remember this, that we're broken. Yes, Jesus makes us complete, but we're still flawed. There are still things going on. That's the reason why the Bible talks about the work and the ongoing work of sanctification. Salvation is a given. Salvation we have. But we're still a work in progress. Paul says we grow within ourselves. When the Holy Spirit takes up residence in an unholy vessel, there are issues that have to be worked out. There are things that are going. Our sinful flesh doesn't know how to react to this spotless presence, and so we groan within ourselves. It's like working on a car or a house. A simple fix is rarely simple, right? 
Because when you begin to open something up, what happens? There's something else that has to be opened up. There's something else that has to be taken care of. There's something else that is going on. Every part affects every other part. There's this trickle-down effect. And we end up replacing much more than we expected. It's like putting a brand new high-performance engine in an old car. I like watching car shows, you know. I, I like watching some of those, and they build these wonderful cars, and I'm thinking, I would love to have one of those, and they get this price of $100,000. I'm never going to have one of those. <laughs> and I know that, but I can watch. But one thing they don't do is take this big crate engine and put it into an old car and do nothing else. Because if you put an old, an old car and put a brand new engine in it, at first it's great. There's new power. There's new speed. There's new reliability. And then the car begins to grow. The old transmission shudders a little bit. The suspension isn't quite right. Every bump begins to feel like the Grand Canyon. Quite simply, the new engine doesn't quite fit with the old parts. And slowly, you change out each part until the old car becomes new. That's the process of salvation and sanctification in Jesus. He puts the new engine in and we're excited and we're sharing and we can do anything. But then suddenly the shocks are squeaking. The knees are creaking. Things are going on. The brakes are soft and our car is growing. Because of the things that happen in this world. When we begin to go, I don't understand. I don't get it. In 40 years, churches sometimes have sold that bill of goods to people saying, you become a Christian and it's all going to be good. That's not true. I think, honestly, my life was easier before I knew Jesus. Because once you know Jesus, not only is God working to sanctify you, but the devil's working against you to try to get you to not do the things that God wants you to do. We're broken, and our bodies and our beings groan under the weight of the holiness in us. All humanity is broken. We're being made new, we're being perfected, and we have the Spirit who intercedes for us, and He prays when we can't. How many of y'all had the experience this week like I did? Or you just sat? God, I don't know what to say. I don't know the words. I know what I want to ask God, but I know that's not going to happen, so I don't, I don't know, God. Spirit, prays for us. He takes our offering of our tears and our grief to heaven. Sometimes we fail and we fall and we sin and we miss the mark and we make mistakes and we do things that we shouldn't, and all of that can cause bad things to happen. does use that brokenness. He says, we know that all things work together for the good. Now remember, this doesn't say that God causes all things. It says He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. That's what happens. There's no way that I'm going to look back at my life and look at all the things that happened that I thought were horrible and say, well, God caused that. I don't think God causes that, but the world is broken. The world has things happen that we would never have happened anywhere else at any other time. And so God takes all of that brokenness and He works. God does great things through brokenness. Broken soil produces a crop. Broken grain gives bread. 
Broken eggs get breakfast. A broken alabaster box gave perfume to anoint Jesus. And Jesus' broken body gave us salvation. God works through the brokenness. And He can take the brokenness and make it something great. Brokenness doesn't have to be the end. I have a friend in Maryland. And he was told a few weeks ago that his cancer is back. And he went underwent treatments and he went under a couple of rounds of things and they came back and they said, it's not working. It's spread. And they shifted their talk from treatment to comfort. He just launched a new church on Easter Sunday morning. And through this, he's still preaching. He's still teaching. He's still pastoring. And he posted this week. I pray that in life or in death, Jesus would be magnified. My Abba is greater than cancer. But if he intends to use cancer for his glory, so be it. God works together for the good. The world's broken. But God's at work in the brokenness. You know. These things are fun when the kids love them. But they're worthless until they're broken. Sometimes you have to be broken for God to use you in the way He wants to use you. Sometimes you have to allow yourself to submit to God and the brokenness that He wants you to have so that you can be the light of the world. So that you can share those things with others. When Carrie and I walked through two losses of babies in the first 10 years of marriage, we were broken. We had no idea what to do with that. And people, people's words are shallow and empty. Even though they mean the greatest thing in the world, what do they say? When are you going to have kids? You've been married for eight years. When are you going to have kids? And we would go home, and I would go home to a heartbroken wife who felt her only calling in this world was to be a mother. And for some reason, she was failing at it. And she didn't know how to come by it. And finally, we just cried out to God. We were broken. We didn't know what to do. When we lost the second one, we didn't know what to do. We had tried everything. We tried to go through CPS to become a foster care that way. But that year, there were budget cuts. We already been to two classes. And guess what? The classes were canceled. They said, maybe next year. And then the man showed up. Out of the blue. At a fifth Sunday sleep. First time we'd ever been to it, we sang, and the man shows up, and he walks up, and he says, I can't believe you're here. And I'm going, are you looking at me? He said, I went to your church about four months ago looking for you, but you weren't there that Sunday because God, God had a word for you. Do you believe in words from God? Well, yes, I believe in words from God. Okay, sure. He said, God told me to tell you he's still the God of Abraham and Sarah. Four months later, he gives us that word. Two months after that, we're on staff at the church that he 
gave us that word in when Shiloh is conceived. We're good. We're overjoyed. We have our child. We don't need anything else. And then two and a half years later, Carrie starts having dreams again. I'm always the one who knows when Carrie is pregnant. She has these dreams. She doesn't remember her dreams unless she's pregnant. So she gets up and she'll tell me about her dreams. And I'm like, you need to take a pregnancy test. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Micah's on the way. And we're good. And we're fine. And we're perfect. And everything's wonderful. And we're never going to have any more kids. <laughs> about eight months ago, Carrie had some dreams. <laughs> and now here in a couple of weeks, we have a third. God took the brokenness and He took all this stuff that we went through and all the tears that were cried and all the agony that was poured out and He took that brokenness and He made beauty from ashes. He brought these blessings into our lives and put us in a place we never imagined we would be. Because sometimes we have to be broken for God to take us and to use us. We can't let brokenness deter us. We have to cling to the truth that God works in and through the brokenness. In the brokenness, He is there. My favorite part of that video was the very last line. Because I know that you're there, even here in the why, God. He's in my why. He is in me crying out to Him. But my favorite part of Romans chapter 8 is that the end will be greater than our present reality. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing to the eternal glory that will be revealed in us. Man. You may be right, man. It may be hard now, but the end's going to be better. Something is going to happen. Our broken situation now does not hold a candle to the future that we are promised. We wait in hopeful expectation of a day that is promised, a day where pain is erased, a day where death is gone, where sin is no more, where perfection is regained. This day will, won't even look good, won't even be there. It will be a, a memory that's erased, that's gone forever. But as Paul ends by saying, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who's against us? He didn't even spare His own Son, but offered Him up for us all. How will we not also with Him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. He's, who's the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. But even more, He has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all of these things, we are more than victorious through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in 
future. Maybe today, maybe you feel broken. I felt broken all week. This has probably been one of the longest weeks in 20 years of ministry for me. Just because of the weight. Maybe this one you don't know how to pray. Maybe you feel defeated. But God works through all of that to bring about the greater end that He's promised. Maybe this morning. Maybe you are as tired of this world as I am. <laughs> I don't even watch the news anymore. We don't watch as much TV as we used to. This world is <laughs> turned against its creator. That's the only way I can put it. Maybe this morning you have a need right now. Maybe you have been living in the why for the last week or the last month or, or whatever it is. Now's the time to say, okay, God, I'm going to give it all to you. Because like he said in the video, he is our daddy. And although we parents know that sometimes we get tired of that why question. Yeah, it's why, why, why. But we don't ever want to, we don't ever want them, them to stop asking. And God's the same way. He wants our lives. He wants us to say why. Because only He can bring comfort and peace. Only He can give us what we need. Maybe this morning you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to turn into missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as yourself. Maybe you've, you've heard the story. Maybe you know how it goes, but you've never taken that step. And so you don't know what it's like to walk in that freedom, to have that hope, to know that when this world is over, there's another world to go to and the end is better than the present reality because honestly, if you don't know Jesus, your end isn't better than your present reality. I would be remiss if I did not say that this morning. If you don't know Jesus, your end will not be better than your present reality. But if you know Jesus, there is a time coming where all of this is just a memory. It's gone. It's wiped clean. It's forgotten because all we will know is happiness and joy and contentment in the presence of our, presence of our King. So if you don't know Jesus today, now will be the time to do it. You just walk down and say, Brother Trial, I want to know Jesus, so we'll go from there. It's not hard. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Would you pray with me?
Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. 